are quick hello and we're good to go welcome to the show stacy oh i love it yay yeah i got a comment the other week about the vibrato and the when i do the vibrato it's when i'm not 100 percent sure about the melody and given that i've sung that song literally must be seven or eight hundred times now i should really have got the melody nailed Anyway, welcome. We always start the show with that welcome and then the brand SERP. So we'll start with that because today we're going to be talking about how to make sales by staying in your comfort zone. I love that because I like to stay in my comfort zone and obviously I like to make sales as well. And if I can do both at the same time, I'm a happy guy. So I looked at your brand SERP and first of all, I looked in the UK and you're obviously in America. And what we now see is how very different the understanding of Google of the probability is, and it's corrected me. It thinks I'm looking for Stacey Halls, who is an English writer. So in the UK, you don't even get a look in, and that knowledge panel is Stacey Halls, who I've never heard of before. And she's got a great knowledge panel, lots of books. That's obviously Google Books triggering that. Um, And if anybody's interested in knowledge panels and brand certs, please do join our Facebook. This this part of the show is always about knowledge panels and brand certs. But then I thought, Stacey lives in America, so let's look in America. And so the next screen is in America, and we get the right one. There's no correction with the S on the end. Um, And that's a lovely, lovely knowledge panel with multiple books. Um, You could potentially claim it. And it still gives me the Stacey Halls underneath, so I imagine she must be very famous even in America. Um, and your books are all about um, the topic of today, which is selling whilst I would imagine still being a nice person and remaining true to oneself. Is that about the size of it? Well, yes. If one wants to be a nice person, then yes, if that's in your comfort zone. But what it's really about is the fact that for too long, way too long, especially in the sales world, but of course outside, everyone always says in order to be successful, you have to get out of your comfort zone, right? Hear it all the time. True. I thought about that one day for a long time. I was like, wait a second, but my comfort zone is where my values are. My comfort zone is where I know what to do. My comfort zone is where my gifts are. My comfort zone is where I have confidence. So my comfort zone is my power zone. Why would I ever want to get out of it? And why are salespeople being taught to do this? So there was that thought. And then I came across a statistic that said, about 3% of all people in sales make more than $200 a year. Millions of people in the sales profession, 3% make more than $200 a year. And it started to dawn on me is it that they're being taught to get out of their comfort zone and they're so busy putting their attention on trying to figure out a different way Hmm. that they're consumed with that exploration. Ooh, I've got a really good- Being able to get out there and and sell. Yeah, no, brilliant. And and, I mean, I've I've always been convinced that I, I do what I feel is right and I do what I enjoy and I try to move forwards being, in my words, true to myself. Uh, and I'm, I haven't made a fortune. We were talking about that early on with Anton. I keep almost making a fortune and not getting there. Um, and I don't really mind. But 
I would love to be able to sell and remain where I am in my comfort zone. Before we do that, can we just uh, really quickly go to the sponsors video? And then we'll come back to this topic because I've got a great question for you. Uh, please join me every week on Caddy Cube Tuesdays, uh, all these amazing guests every week. It's so much fun and so many intelligent people sharing so much valuable uh, information and insights. Look at those faces, delightful joiners every Tuesday, always produced in partnership with Wordlift, who are an amazing AI company who provide the artificial intelligence you need to grow your traffic. And this week, I'm going to talk about getting a knowledge panel uh, on Google with the Dunfew service by CaliCube, and more specifically, Elisa, who is the team lead at CaliCube Pro, who is an absolute ace with CaliCube Pro SaaS platform, who will get a knowledge panel for absolutely anybody. All you need to do is ask. So that was our little um, commercial break. And as you saw, that's staying in my comfort zone because I'm talking about Wordlift, who I love, CaliCube that I love, and Elisa, who, for whom I have a great deal of respect. That's comfort zone. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you can feel the passion. You can feel the intention. You can feel your reason for doing it. And that is the place we begin. When we are there, when we are that passionate mm. about why and what we're offering to the world, then we'll do the other aspects of selling, which are figuring out who are the people who would be just as passionate right? Or want to hear our passion, who have the problem that we want to sell, solve and sell to, and then get out there and be consistent in serving that audience. Just like you have been Look at all those faces, you going yeah. consistently out and continuously offering suggestions and ways to solve problems that your audience has. So, that is where we want to be consumed, right? With doing that, not with trying to figure out how to stop mm. being myself. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about that literally yesterday with a potential client who simply isn't enthusiastic and doesn't understand what a knowledge panel is, how complicated it is to actually change that knowledge panel. And I realized I actually don't really want to work with this person. So I don't really need to want to sell to that person. I need to go out and find who the people are who think knowledge panels are really exciting and fun and want to play on the knowledge panel playground with myself, CaliCube Pro, and Elisa and the rest of the CaliCube team. Absolutely. And I want to learn more about it. I've just started learning about it. And I want to learn more. And I had a conversation with a prospect yesterday. I had offered some information. She expressed interest. I asked her what was her most difficult aspect of social media marketing and sales. And she said, shout outs. So I, I offered to chat with her for 15 minutes to learn more about what she meant by a shout out. What she means is having customers give a shout out for the product. And I said, so what's the difficulty in getting people to do that? She said, well, I don't have customers. I don't mean to be <laughs> laughing at her, but I'm like, yeah, well, that would be difficult then, right? <laughs> so she said, so how do I get the shout out without customers? I said, you don't. You, you need to start. And I gave her my philosophy, my go for yes philosophy of how to attract those people. So you'll eventually get the shout outs. She, she couldn't get there. And so, so I said to her, and she's in network marketing. So I said, do you know anybody 
who's doing this well. She said, my upline sponsor. I said, well, then why aren't you talking to your upline sponsor? I do all the time. And you're still having difficulty. Yes, because I don't know how she did it. She did it by serving an audience, attracting people who then want to give shout outs. It's you got to start over here. So I understand her comfort zone would be having people just come to her. That's what most salespeople are. They're sales clerks. Right. But, right? but wouldn't all of our comfort zones be having people come to us? Because then you just sit back and wait for everything to happen. But that simply isn't how life functions. Which is why I don't want anybody to think that this book is about sitting on the couch in your sweatpants all the time waiting for the phone to ring. That's, right. There it is. Um, it's not about that. It is about finding the way that's comfortable for you if you want to be in sales to find your ideal audience, how to have the conversations with them that are satisfying to you, not learning a script. I say ditch the script, figure right. out conversations that would be comfortable for you to have and a comfortable story to share with your audience about why you sell what you sell. And, and in the book, I give a process for doing all of that. Yeah, no, sorry, I, I said, ooh, because uh, the idea of a story, it's Katrina in the team who's been telling me for the last few months, I need to tell my story about why I started in brand search and knowledge panels, and it's all to do with the cartoon blue dog. And that immediately creates this kind of bond or interesting story with, with which I'm comfortable it makes sense, is that when you search my name, it said Jason Barnard is a cartoon blue dog, and I thought I need to change that to be Jason Barnard as a digital marketer. And that story immediately creates a conversation. So Katrina's right. That's a great start. It's, and more and more, you know, if we think about the psychology of things, and this is the other thing that I get so agitated about when people teach yeah. that right. sales is psychology, but then they walk away from the psychology. We right. learned as children to pay attention through stories. Hmm. We love story time. We grow up loving stories. You know, it was here in this, it was just Halloween yesterday, right? What do people hmm. love telling scary stories? Uh, books, people predicted that books would go away, and yet books are proliferating more than they ever have because people love to hear stories. And so when we tell a story, we're not preaching. And that's the difference that I believe so many salespeople either, oh, thank you, salespeople preach <laughs> and teach instead of opening up their heart and yeah. sharing the why they do what they do. Why are they passionate about this service or this product? Yeah. Go, right. Please. Yeah, no, no, no. And kind of from my perspective, I keep thinking, how can I change my approach to sell more? And in fact, selling more by changing my approach isn't going to make me feel comfortable. And having a story, and because I'm passionate about the story itself and the CaliCube ProSats platform and uh, the information I can share in the book and the courses that I'm writing, makes sense. But right now, I'm, I'm struggling with the same problem your client from yesterday was having, is I don't have the clients to get the shout-outs yet. Well, let's fix that. Brilliant. Okay. Wonderful. And, and, and very quickly, because folks are probably saying, well, she hasn't told her story. I told a story. Just very quickly, I grew up with a father 
who was in sales all his life. However, he didn't really enjoy sales. He just couldn't get a job doing what he wanted to do. And he loved people. He loved people. He believed in the products. He did not love how he was taught to sell. And I watched it. And so when I came out into the world and realized it was time for me when I opened my own business to start selling, I said I was going to find a different way. So that's why I'm known as the go for yes gal, because I teach a process called how to go for the yes and not for the no. So how do we attract our ideal audience? We think about who we were. Sorry, can I just make a point about that story? Is it's delightfully simple, not terribly unusual. And yet I immediately feel much more comfortable with you. Um, this, it doesn't have to be an exciting, interesting story like the cartoon Blue Dog. It can be a simple story that is fairly normal, and it still makes that difference in terms of the human interaction we're having. Yeah, because I could have gone the other way. I could have ran away from sales watching my father. But I, yeah. I, felt, I felt his love for people, which I have as well. I just said there's got to be a better way. So thank you for saying that. It is. It's just a simple story. And it's really why I do what I do. Um, So how do we attract our own ideal audience? How are you going to attract your ideal audience? We start by thinking about why are we selling what we're selling? Mm -hmm. Right? Why is it important to us that we get that message out there? And... Here's a very sad statistic. 55% of salespeople, I'm pretty sure this came from Sales Hub, 55% are selling the wrong thing. They know they're selling the wrong thing. And how do they know? It's because they have no emotional attachment to it. Right. So, yes, emotional attachment is first and foremost. So, why are you emotionally attached to what you're selling? Ooh, uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I'm emotionally attached to the whole thing is because I started 10 years ago and when I started looking at brand subs and knowledge panels, it struck me it's astonishing that nobody else is looking at this. And 10 years later, still nobody's looking at it except me. Um, and what I love about it is it's totally new territory. It's a new frontier. And yet it's so obvious and so old. It should have been started 25 years ago when the internet started. What what does your audience see when they Google your brand name or your personal name? And 25 years later, I'm astonished that this really obvious point hasn't been covered more. I love your story. I'm sure ever now people are like, oh, <laughs> oh. I get I'm it. I'm going, now. oh. Oh, well. yeah. See, like you did for me, I'm saying, I get it completely. And I, my eyes lit up, and it always does. Like when someone's out there breaking through myths or seeing the obvious that no one else has seen, I just think that is so, so phenomenal. So very phenomenal. Brilliant. Yeah. And Anton's just put up on the screen for the people who are listening to the audio version, Jason Bernard, the brand SERP guy. Uh, I've called myself the brand SERP guy in, a, in an attempt to brand myself and get the message out there. So the people say, what does brand SERP mean? And then once they've said that, I can say it's what your audience sees when they Google your name or your brand name or your personal name or your music group name or your product name or your music album name. It doesn't matter. Um, all of those are brand SERPs. 
and it matters what your audience sees when they Google. I keep talking about my stuff. Let's get back to yours. No, I'm loving um, that you are because you're giving you're, you're providing the examples to the theory that I'm talking about, which I love. And I do want to connect with you on that because I know when you surf Stacy Hall, you can get a thousand, if not more, Stacy yep. Halls, and I want to be the first one. Yeah, and that, that's a huge problem with people because many people share the same name. And especially when you've got a, a relatively popular name like yours, um, that becomes a problem. And the other thing is Google thinks it knows better and it hears or it sees Stacey Hall and it says, well, actually you meant Stacey Halls. Yes, and that happens all the time. And yes, absolutely. Anyways, I love that we are demonstrating what that I talk about in the book. Yeah, and you talk about alignment, belief, and consistency. Now, I talk yeah. about consistency a great deal. I don't know what you mean by alignment and belief. I think I know what you mean by consistency. But if you can explain them, you'll probably prove to me that I'm wrong, that I didn't know what you meant. No, I think you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So the <laughs> I call it the alignment marketing formula or the new ABCs of sales, right? So instead Brilliant. of always be closing, we think alignment, belief, consistency. So let's start with the consistency and work our way back. Consistency means consistent action that leads to sales satisfaction and success. Most people have problems with consistency. Yes. And in the book, I, I shout out to um, Jim Packard and George Campbell, who wrote the Consistency Chain book, because they give lots of wonderful ways to keep ourselves motivated to be consistent. I say... In order to be consistent and do the things that they talk about, you have to believe in what you're selling. Ooh. The belief then leads to the consistency. And not just belief in what you're selling, but belief that you deserve to be selling that, that you're worthy mm. to be selling it, that you're worthy of making sales so that you'll go do the things that lead to sales, satisfaction, and success. But belief is one of the hardest experiences to have for most people. Just a, just a really quick question there. You said, I have to believe that I'm worthy of selling this service or product. Shouldn't I be worried about whether the service or product is worthy of being sold? Well, that's the first, believing in the product or service. Okay. And once you've got that, if you've got belief in that, which most people will say, well, 55% don't, but the, the people that I, are my clients, usually when they come to me, they already believe in what they're selling. They don't believe in their self. They don't believe they're worthy to make a right. sale. So Ooh, where does okay. that begin? Yep, don't know. Okay, alignment. And that's what I'm okay. saying. Aligning yourself with your story. Why do you want to sell this product or service? Why do you? What's your personal story? What do you want to say about it is also part of that personal story. Who do you want to share it with? Like yesterday, you said you had this conversation. I Yesterday, I had a conversation. Those are people I didn't even tell her. I didn't even say. When she told me she was stuck on getting shout outs, I said, that's not the, the process I teach. That's not the strategy I teach. I encourage you to go back to your upline sponsor. Didn't even share. Right. And she never asked. So I know she wasn't the perfect. But I was of service. I was there. I offered. But it was clear she didn't want it, so I wasn't going to waste her time or mine. You got clear you didn't want this person as your prospect anymore either. 
Yeah, so, and, but, but I find it very difficult just to say, well, actually, no, let's just forget it. And I tend to kind of think I should go through to the end and give them the opportunity. And then when they say, well, actually, I don't want to work with you, which is what happened, I felt terribly hurt. Yeah, because you laid it all out. You yeah, laid it all that's, out. Oh, oh, that's a good point. I spent yesterday afternoon sulking. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, here's Stacy's scale of sales. I'm going to share with you. This is Stacy's scale of sales because – Listen, there's there's more people than there's time to talk to them. That was when I Good made point. the decision. And this alignment, so finishing the alignment, that's it. Right. Because I'm aligned with myself when and my product and my service and my audience, when I'm talking to somebody and I'm not getting that connection like I am with you here, it's like, let's bring this to an end. So the way I do it, to give them the option, to be kind as we started the call here today. Yeah, good point. I asked them on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being you really must hear my approach to things. And one is, Stacy, you can go ahead, but I'm really just being nice to you. Where are you on the scale? And if someone mm. tells me they're an eight or less, that's when I say, it's been wonderful talking with you. I hear it's not a priority for you, and I don't want to take any more of your time. That's how I Brilliant. say it. And if they say to me, well, you're really, you're not, I'm like, no, because I, I don't want to convince you of something you're not interested in. I'd rather have them think of me as somebody who's not pushy, who knows who their audience is, than to walk away and feel like I wasted their time. And I will just tell you this, if they're a nine, I already know they're a 10. They just don't want to appear too eager. But a nine or a 10, that's my audience. Right. Anton keeps putting up 10 in the bottom of the screen for people who are listening. But yeah, I really like the idea of a nine is actually a 10 who just doesn't want to seem too keen. That's a delightful quote that we need to quote you on. And a 10 is somebody who you really want to work with or who wants, sorry, who really wants to work with you. And letting them down easily is, is, isn't necessarily saying we don't get on. It's saying this isn't currently something you're um, particularly interested in and there is no real point in us wasting each other's time. And now I realize I wrote this big, long email. I wasted this person's time. Because well, he read an email and he obviously wasn't interested in, in, in hearing or it wasn't part of what he wanted to hear. So I wasted his time and wasted my time writing it, which is completely foolish. I know your heart. Everybody would say, no, you didn't because you were being of service and your heart was there. And I say the same thing. I'm saying for you, you don't have to do that in the future. The time that you spent there could have been another person that you could have met. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I said, oh, no, but I actually meant, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I, 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 that's it. That's I'm. So here's a quick story. I, I wrote a post in a group on Facebook with hundreds of thousands of business owners in it. And I said, do you believe you have to follow up? Hmm. That's all I said. It's the right. all. Yeah. Do you believe you have to follow up? I got thousands of comments on that post. Every one of them was, absolutely you do. Of course you do. That's what it means to be in sales. That's what it means to care about somebody. Yes, I do. So this one particular person, her response was not very nice. I'll just say mm -hmm. that. It was really, 
ugly for no reason. So I wrote her back and I said, I hear you're very passionate about following up. Can you tell me why? And she said, because I got a sale and I wouldn't have gotten that sale if I hadn't followed up. And I don't want to exaggerate, but I'm pretty sure she said 16 times. Hmm. And I, I started laughing. She didn't know because it was just a comment on Facebook. And I thought to myself, 16 times before the person placed the sale. And I said, has this person ordered from you since? No. But if I hadn't done those 16 times, I wouldn't have gotten that one order. Are you kidding me? That was a pity purchase. I don't want pity right. purchases. I want longstanding, qualified, happy clients. Right. And and that that is a very good point because the longstanding happy clients are the ones who then give you shout outs and recommend you. And we're trying to work on that with our small client set is how do we make sure that the clients who are on board are happy, that they're in the same mindset as we are, and that when they talk about it to other people, they talk about it in the way that makes sense from our perspective. So that, that person comes to us with the right expectation. Oh, I just I just made all that up um, off off what you've said is when we're recommended <laughs> 16 when we're recommended to to somebody by a client it's really 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 much better if they come to us with the expectation of what we can actually deliver that's exactly right and ooh. don't worry, I went, ooh, i'm learning i'm learning i'm, I'm <laughs> delighted no i didn't mean it like that like oh yeah you're I, it just, yes, exactly. What you're saying is brilliant. And when we have a way to offer people information before we offer the product, mm. that is the way we get to sort whether somebody's going to be somebody we want to show the product to. So please, I'm, right. I'm, I'm not going to use the book. Let me just, I'm going to. This is not anything I sell. It's something I bought. But I'll just say, if I put the product before the information, right. somebody can simply, even if they're interested in the, oh, okay, the product does this. There's the product. They can go Google it. There's nothing yeah. stopping them from going to buy it or checking around their friends. Anyone else sell this? Now, if you're selling big ticket items, I get it. But you may still, like if they don't like your approach, but they were interested in the product, they could Google who else sells the product. Yeah. Right? So if we offer information, so let's say we're selling copiers, high-end copiers. Right. You might say that, and so, and I'm giving that because my father did. And he had a personal story because he could see how frustrating it could be. Like if a copier's not working well, it just slows down an entire operation, right? Like a copier could yeah. put a business out of business. Really? Like waiting oh. for it, if it shuts down, whatever. That, that's another great quote. A copier that, could, that a copier could a, shut a down a business. Out of business. Brilliant. <laughs> I, I, just, I just remember the times when I, you know, when I was working at companies and I had to go copy a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. You can Shut a business down for a day while you're waiting for the tech to come and figure out where that piece of paper is stuck. So he saw it many times and he was able to tell these stories. And so he really believed in 
the new machine that cut down on that time and how much more money a company could make. Well, if he were to back then, if he had been allowed to put together, let's say, a little cheat sheet, things to do to keep your copier from breaking down and gave that out to people, I'm sure every, every office manager would love to have that and would probably have copied it and distributed it, right, pun intended, to everybody <laughs> in the office that uses the copier machines. And if the logo's on there and his name is on there and if something goes wrong, who are they going to call? Him. Brilliant. That's absolutely delightful. And uh, what it does is it really neatly wraps up kind of, we've been building uh, a PDF download, a free PDF download of how to build your knowledge panel. And it's free and you don't need us. And it's a really simple system and it's a checklist. And we're about to release it. And that's exactly the plan is everybody can use it. Everybody needs it. Everybody will share it. Our logo is on there. And when they do need help, they'll come to us. And you've just made me so confident that we've made the right decision. Katrina has almost finished that with Marianne. We're going to release it really soon. They've done an amazing job. It's really, really, really useful in terms of content. But also they've made it look brilliant along with Veronique, who uh, did the design. I'm really, really enthusiastic. I better be on the list. I better be on the list to get that. (laughs) You're definitely on the list. That was really brilliant, and you've reassured me that we're doing the right thing in the right way uh, with the right people moving in the right direction at CaliCube. And that's part of what CaliCube Tuesdays is about, is me talking to people who know this stuff that I don't know and can help me move CaliCube forwards and help hopefully the audience move their businesses forwards or their their online businesses forwards. That was absolutely brilliant, Stacey. I'm so glad you got through the Anton, Maria and Joanne filter for CaliCube Tuesdays. Thank you everyone for watching. That was amazing. We're now going to introduce next week with Passing the Baton. We've got Shane Hodge, who is absolutely amazing. Make your website a booking and buying machine, which sounds terribly exciting. Let's hope it's not a a booking and buying copy machine. Um, I'm really, really keen to talk to him because the small, short chat we had, he was full of life and full of super information. Please, could you pass the baton, Stacey? I would love to. Shane is the CEO and founder of The Camel Company, and they create customer attraction solutions and programs. And I'm going to encourage everyone to seek him out on LinkedIn between now and the show next week because uh, his approach to websites is phenomenally in line with my concept of selling from your comfort zone. Brilliant. Stacey, who did some research and knows that he's not on Twitter, he's on LinkedIn. He's got a really great approach. He uses Duda. Anton uh, is working with Duda. So all of this makes us a big, happy four-person family. Thank you, everyone, for watching. And we'll see you next time. And I'm not going to forget the song. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Stacey. Thank you. Thank you so much.